and welcome to the History Vikings. In today's episode, I'll be joined by a fellow Viking podcaster and host of the Viking Age podcast, the show dedicated to sharing the history of the Viking Age one podcast at a time. It is Lee Accomando, of course. His own podcast, the Viking Age podcast, is covering the history of Scandinavia during the Viking Age, as well as exploring the raiding, trading, and settlement of Scandinavians abroad and the culture and society of the Norse homelands. I highly recommend you check out the Viking Age podcast and join Lee and learn more than you ever thought you wanted to know about the people, for better or for worse, history knows as the Vikings. Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on, Noah, and for that uh, very kind introduction there. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, man. I do what I can. So uh, I would love for you to start us off by telling us a little bit about your show, uh, the Viking Age podcast. You know, uh, what was your reason for starting the show? Have you always been interested in Vikings or uh, what what really got you interested into Vikings to start this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what really kicked off my interest in the Viking Age, I've always been a huge history nerd, um, loved all sorts of things, you know, would build Lego castles as a kid and read about pirates all the time. Um, but I think it was sometime in high school or something. I started to read the last kingdom series by Bernard Cornwell. And that really just kicked off my interest in the Viking age as a period, um, that he just painted this really complex picture of obviously rating trading, but the religious changes that were going on at the time. Um, and he had these historical notes at the end where there'd just be like little bits and pieces, the, you know, Vikings didn't wear horned helmets. Uh, right, going right. Viking was in uh, an activity, not an ethnicity, and it kind of piqued my interest. And I just kind of started diving in and read a bunch of nonfiction books. Um, and then I simultaneously was a big fan of history podcasts. Yeah, um, and there was just nothing out there at the time that um, really explored the Viking Age in the way I thought did it justice. And so I started this podcast a couple of years ago and it's been such a great journey. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Have you been able to connect with other uh, Viking history lovers through the podcast? Would you say I have, which has been really awesome, um, especially on uh, Twitter that I've gotten in touch with a lot of people, Viking history lovers, some um, academics who, you know, actually work in the field and have qualifications yeah. and fun things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I also, a uh, couple months ago, I actually took a trip to England to go to the uh, Jorvik Viking Festival, which is a big to-do up in York in yeah. England. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. It was really, really fun. Uh, so I got a chance to go there, um, and I met up with a bunch of people that I had just known online. And it was really great and just a, such a cool thing that wouldn't have happened without the podcast. Oh, that's great. So Jorvik, is that just, so I, is it like, what is it exactly? I've looked into it. It seems to be more than just a Viking museum, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's actually nutty um, that there's the Jorvik Viking Center, it's called. And so you kind of go in and it's built on top of some archaeological digs that they did in the center of York in wow. the 80s, I want to say. And so what they've done is recreated the street that they actually excavated and you get into these like funky car things suspended on a thing and they bring you through this reconstruction of what Coppergate and York would have looked like um I believe in the late 800s early 900s and there's a narration over the top of it there's these kind of goofy animatronic vikings all over the place um but it was a really 
really cool. I would definitely yeah. highly recommend it if uh, you ever get the chance or if anyone listening is. Yeah, yeah that's definitely a big to do for me. So my next question to you is with your podcast, the Viking Age podcast, what has podcasting specifically done for you as a Viking uh, history fan? What has it really been? What is it really, um, you know, what has it done for you? What is podcasting, if this makes sense, uh, has it been able to bring to life in a Viking culture? Uh, absolutely. Um, so I think the first thing that it very much has done is realize uh, just how little I knew that uh, I kind of went into it. It was like, oh, I've read a bunch of books. I think I, I think I understand this time period pretty well. And then when you actually sit down in front of a screen um, and start scripting out an episode, trying to explain a concept, you realize, yeah. oh, you have to go so much deeper than um, I had thought. And that's really been, you know, slightly surprising. But then by far, my favorite part of the process has just been really able to dive in, giving myself an excuse to read super esoteric books and journal articles and really get into the nitty gritty of the time period and the worldview of Scandinavians in the Viking Age. And, you know, I did a series on like the Carolingian Empire because uh, you need that background. And so it's been really cool to expand my knowledge as well to areas that I knew almost nothing about before. Right. Yeah. In my own experience, uh, just, you know, launching this podcast uh, not very long ago, I believe this will actually be episode six for those of you who are listening. Uh, we did an episode on the creation story in Norse mythology, and I had uh, transcripted the episode. I had it all written. And by the time I had finished writing it, it happened to be nine pages long. I think it was like uh, 2,500 words. And I'm like, wow, this is a big episode. It's probably going to be, you know, half an hour long. And sure enough, I recorded it and knocked that out in like 15 minutes. So I was like, oh my gosh. But uh, just from, you know, researching it through all of the original sources, you know, the prose edda, the poetic edda, all of the Viking sagas, just being able to really dive into those sources, because those aren't books that I wouldn't normally seek out to read. You know, I probably wouldn't go to the bookstore and pick those off the shelf. But uh, definitely podcasting has done that for me as well. So that's really great to hear. No, and I love um, the chance to get into some of the primary sources has been awesome also that because um, they can be I don't know if you've had this experience. I'd love to hear yeah. that when you sort of initially approach them, they're a little bit difficult to kind of immerse yourself in it first. And then sort of as you read more and more, uh, you kind of get into it. And that's been just a real joy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely it's some really heady stuff. That's for sure. Uh, one thing I've always tried to do is I'm a very uh, visual learner. So I would always try to look up if there was any YouTube videos where somebody else could explain that to me. Yes. And then I would actually go ahead and dive into the source too. But there's definitely some great YouTube channels out there about uh, diving into the Viking things. Yeah, there's. Uh, if anyone listening, uh, I'm yeah. sure you've run into it. Uh, Professor Jackson Crawford has yes, incredible YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah, actually, uh, before I started this podcast, uh, when I was in uh, actually sophomore year of high school, I ran into him because we were reading at the time in my literature class, The Saga of the Volsungs. And uh, big test uh, the next day on the Saga of the Volsungs. And I was, you know, scrambling the night before trying to study. And I had actually run into his YouTube channel and uh, watched his three-part series on the Saga of the Volsungs. Uh, and here I am uh, frequently referencing that YouTube channel, trying to create a podcast about Norse mythology and Vikings. That's awesome. That's so cool. 
Yeah. So it's really been interesting how it's all come together that way. So is there any books that you frequently, because I know for me, I'm always uh, looking for more sources and more uh, uh, resources to draw inspiration from. Is there any books that you would recommend that you, uh, to our listeners out there who uh, love Vikings, or uh, books that you frequently use as sources for your own episodes? Yeah. Um, so start with what I think is my personal favorite, just kind of overview of the period is the Age of the Vikings by um, Anders something. Anders Winroth. That's it. Thank you. Um, one of my favorite overview books that a lot of really great information and just really well written, lots of antidotes to kind of keep you going. Um, I really love that one a lot. I would say the Penguin uh, Sagas of the Icelanders. If anyone hasn't picked it up, that's just a great resource as far as primary sources. There's all of really the most famous sagas in there. Really good translations. And then for sort of more academic reading, there's a collection of essays called The Viking World that's edited by Stefan Brink, I believe. And those are really great kind of, it covers everything from religion to everyday life uh, to short overviews of all of the sort of major theaters of Viking activity. And they're pretty short academic articles that also have really, really great bibliographies to them. Uh, so that's right now I'm prepping a series on the Viking Age in the East. And so I'm running to that book, reading through, getting other sources from that bibliography. Yeah. Um. So the saga of the Icelanders. So can you tell me a little bit about and our listeners, of course, but uh, for me personally. So what is the what exactly is the saga of the Icelanders? Obviously, it has something to do with the Vikings in Iceland. Yes. Um, so it's, um, I believe it's called the Sagas of the Icelanders, and it's co- a collection of maybe five or six of the Icelandic sagas. So these were prose works that were written in Iceland, most of them sometime in the 1200s, that focus on telling stories about Iceland and Icelanders who lived generally in the late 800s, early 900s through. My favorite is... Uh, Egil's uh, saga, which tells the story of Egil Skallagrimson, who's this famous poet, chieftain, Viking, and tells his whole story. So tells about his family in Norway, why they immigrated to Iceland, how they got set up there, and then follows Egil through his whole life. Literally, there's like crazy stories of him killing people as a child. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty um, remarkable. It's, it's something else. That's why I always tell people to go out there and read the sagas because they're just, they're crazy and they get you into, if not the mind of people who lived in the Viking Age, at least the minds of people living in the 1200s in Iceland. And some of the stuff that's kind of just blasé is just so crazy. And it's really cool to get a glimpse into that worldview that there's like a five-year-old killing people during a ball game. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's just, yeah. Well, that's not surprising of the Vikings, but no. So in the course of doing your podcast, is there any episodes that you've found really resonated with people? Yeah. So I, a little more than a little less than a year ago or something, put out a couple of episodes. They're right back to back. Um, One's called Fate in the Viking Age and the other is called The Viking Soul. And those were really fun to put together. They took me a long time to put together. And I got really good feedback on them. People really seem to enjoy them. And the point of the episodes is to try and dive really deep into the worldview of or the 
as best we can get anyway, of the worldview of people who lived in the Viking Age. So in the episode about fate, um, I pull from a bunch of different primary sources to try and explore the way fate was conceived of, that it's this really important concept. And it's somewhat different than we might think of it, in that it's really about from the moment you're born, you have some fate, there's a place and a time you're going to die, and there's nothing you can do about that. But what you can do is control your actions as you move towards that. And so that was really cool. And then in the Viking soul, we talk about um, what we can tell and the kind of point of the episode is there isn't a good conclusion, but different hints we have about ideas that the Vikings may have had about what made up the soul and ideas about shape shifting and wow. the humans and animals not being necessarily separate categories. Really, really interesting stuff. And that was a lot of fun to put together. And people really seem to enjoy those episodes. Yeah, that's really deep, which I think is great because a lot of people just think of the Vikings as, you know, these barbarian types. Um, possibly uncivilized. But to answer some of those questions and really dive into those, I think is really beneficial when talking about the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I try to, it's always a delicate balance that, you know, there's great stories of um, raiding and violence. And that was such a part of the era, you need to get into it. Um, yeah. But really trying to balance that with, on the one hand, most people never went a Viking, they were just farmers. And right. on the other hand, um, the culture is, is a very violent culture. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it was deeper than that. And there was a lot of facets to that and different ways of thinking about the world that helped to contextualize it. Yeah, that's really interesting. So my next question to you is, again, your show, The Viking Age Podcast, has been such an inspiration to me. And uh, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that certain people listening uh, are fans of your show as well. I believe you told me that you're uh, coming up on your uh, second year anniversary of the podcast. I am. That's uh, coming up next week, I think. Oh, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's crazy. Um, that's incredible. How many, I wonder how many... Uh, words total that would have been you i'm sure you could write a definitely a pretty large book uh cons constituting all of the episodes that you've produced by now i definitely think so if i could ever bring myself to go ahead and edit those together <laughs> yeah but um so where do you see the future of the viking age podcast going I, do you have any goals or dreams for the show? I, I feel like because of your podcast and uh, the help of others as well, you've really been able to um, create this sort of community of, uh, you know, Viking history fans. So where do you see that going for you? Yeah. So first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. Um, and so... I see it going largely the way it has been, that I don't have any sort of um, big changes or alterations that I, it's taken me a little while, especially across this past year, I've kind of deviated on formats a little bit and tried to get things into a release schedule and an episode format that I felt was really consistent and worked. From here, what I really want to do is just continue to build on it and to cover more topics, cover different topics, and continuing to do what really gives me a lot of joy. And it seems like a lot of the community enjoys, which is just going really deep into each individual topic. I, like I think I mentioned, I'm uh, finishing up a current series on Iceland. And so we cover Iceland from settlement all the way through to the time when Snorri Sturluson was writing his uh, poetic edda, I'm um, sorry, prose edda. And 
to the point of that series, which started out as five episodes and is now going to be 17, was (laughs) um, to try and contextualize the written sources that we have from Iceland to use the sagas to tell the story of Iceland. And then at the part I'm coming to now to try and wrap it all up in a bow and say, hey, all of this history that we've been talking about was actually written by people 200 years removed from it. And what can we look at about their world that might have influenced the way they told those stories? And so we're wrapping that up now and moving on to the Viking Age in the East, which I'm really excited about, where I'm really hoping to focus on the trading aspect of the Viking Age. Yes. And these connections, faraway connections from, you know, Hedeby in Denmark all the way to Kiev and Byzantium beyond that. Yeah. And trying to focus on that story and there's not a lot of sources as always, but trying to contextualize it the best way I can and just to try and provide a deep, well-rounded picture. And for me, that's really what I set out to do with the show and what I hope to continue doing is to sort of take our time, focus on sort of one chunk at a bit and really dive into it and provide people with a deep, nuanced understanding. Yeah, I think that's great. And I certainly look forward to listening to your uh, series on the Viking Age in the East. That's, of course, being the Rus. And uh, uh, the Vikings also sacked Constantinople or at least besieged it at one point in time, if I'm correct. Yeah, they did a couple times, actually, trying to get better trade treaties. And that's another thing, too, that a lot of people forget is, you know, we always envision the Vikings as raiders. And of course, in reality, most of them were just as concerned with putting food on the table as raiding. But where do you find most of the information that we have about the Vikings as traders and their vast trading networks? Yeah, so that's... um One of the interesting things about tackling that is there isn't a whole ton of evidence. So there's really sort of two sets of evidence there. One, which is pretty meager, is information that's scattered in primary sources. So the one of the reasons we know, for instance, one of the possible motivations for them attacking Constantinople is there are treaties that were written after the sieges that give say, oh, the Rus can come in and they're only charged this much money and they get these favorable trading terms. So there's a few documents like that scattered around, but mostly is archaeological evidence. And so one of the big things for the Vikings in the East in particular is the finds of uh, Arabic coins, that there's about 80,000 of them in Sweden. Wow. And by people who are much smarter than I am, have analyzed finds of these coins, analyzed coin hoards, and used that to construct, okay, so we know these coins probably got to the island of Gotland in 780 CE. Mm-hmm. And then we can take that and we can say, oh, there's um, evidence from a trading town and it came you know, a couple decades previous to that. And then trying to draw conclusions through that to sketch a bigger story about, okay, so likely traders came here and they established a trading base and they might have not initially come for silver, but then it really starts to explode when we see Arabic silver arrive on the scene. Right. And so a lot of that is reading and trying to synthesize a lot of the amazing work that archaeologists have done using things you would never think of as evidence necessarily. Coins and I was reading something today about amber beads and 
people using that to tie together and really tell a coherent story. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's another thing, too, is I've set out to research the Vikings, particularly aside from Norse mythology in my podcast episodes, is I've seen as there's certainly some great books. But as far as primary sources, there's really not that much out there. And I'm sure you perhaps have run into this actually written on the Vikings or at least writings that they themselves have left us. It's always been sort of the writings of monks and the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and things like that and balancing that with archaeological evidence. Exactly. And that's um, sort of uh, the infuriating part of trying to tell the story. And one of the most fun for me anyway, is trying to take the little bits and pieces that we have and trying to weave them together uh, because there really isn't much at all. There's contemporary records from monks who are really pissed off that their monasteries are being raided. Right. (laughs) There's archaeological material. um, And then there's writings from Iceland that are two, three hundred years after the period, which are useful, but you just kind of have to mark them with caution and use them for, well, this is what people living later thought, not necessarily what actually happened. Right. Yeah. And the Vikings have always been, I mean, they continue to fascinate us, of course, today, you know, 1000 years after the last Vikings have raided and pillaged. Uh, But the Vikings have always uh, been sort of a mysterious people, or at least the way that I have viewed them. I mean, there's been a series of operas written about them in the 1800s, where I believe that's where we get the concept of horned helmets from them. So (laughs) they're very, a very mysterious people and especially that is exuberated in the lack of historical evidence we have for them. So that's one thing that I've always uh, continues to intrigue me as I research about Vikings. Absolutely. I think we're in the same boat that it's trying to get into that mystery. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, Thank you so much, Lee, for doing this interview. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll hopefully have you on again sometime. That would be fantastic. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The History of Vikings. If you could do me a tremendous favor and uh, write me a review, an iTunes review, or for those of you who are listening to our podcast on Stitcher Radio or Google Play, write us a review that way. I would love to hear your opinion and your feedback of the show. I'll see you all again next week on the History of Vikings.